So identity politics is just a modern form of religion, but without the moral self-restraint, because you have, of course, your angels and your devils and your creation myths and your worshipping and so on. And the invention of the sort of white working class as the fundamental devilry of the uh, modern leftist movement is not that surprising. It's happened over and over again throughout history. In the Russian Revolution, it was uh, the kulaks, like the rich peasants, the people who worked hard and who were good at farming, and through their efficiency in farming had managed to accumulate more and more land, which is how you get economic productivity to grow. You put the, or you allow the market to place the means of production in the hands of those best able to maximize their use. And if you can get double the crops out of a particular field, then you can bid more to buy that field because you'll gain more profit and that's how you accumulate. And it kind of comes and goes, right? I mean, it's called rags to riches to rags in three generations. Or it's an old Arab proverb, my my grandfather rode a camel, my father rode a Cadillac, I ride a Lamborghini. My child shall ride a Cadillac and my grandchild shall ride a camel. Uh, it comes and goes, right? I mean, it's the accumulation, the bell curve of the accumulation of resources and then the regression to the mean, which means if you're smart and ambitious, your kids genetically are going to be slightly less smart and ambitious than you and so on, right? And so this is how things uh, should work, but the accumulation of, in a free market environment, the accumulation of the means of production into the hands of the most competent and the hardworking, it, um, because people don't understand the role of genetics and IQ and the bell curve and so on, people just get mad. And they say, well, that guy who has all of this land, he's just an exploiter and he's a bourgeois and he's a bad guy, he's a capitalist and we're going to go and tear the land from him and distribute it to the peasants and then everybody just ends up starving to death, right? So this is the typical, it's a sad thing that happens. You, you get freedom. Freedom allows the means of production to accumulate to those best able to maximize their productivity. And then this creates inequalities of wealth, which then the leftists use to widen the seam of discontent and hatred. And then the government comes in to fix uh, all of this uh, and um, it causes the entire economy economy to self-destruct. We see this happening in Venezuela now where children are starving to death in hospitals, for God's sakes. And this cycle is really horrible. So for the leftists, they need their devil, right? They know the Christians have their devil already, so they don't need, I mean, he, they have Satan, they have uh, their devil already. So they don't need to invent merely human devils, but the leftists who are a secular religion, they need their devil. And so they create their devil. They used to just create it in class, right? In terms of the, the working class versus the capitalist class and so on. And class is a completely artificial division, of course, but now what they've done is uh, they have uh, given up on class because it didn't really work so well. They've given up to some degree on gender because the gender pay gap and so on has been debunked so many times that women make less because they work less, because they choose to have kids, because they choose to work part-time. And it's the result of the wonderful choice that feminism has provided that women end up earning less. On the plus side, they earn more than when they stayed at home completely because white evil western capitalists haven't hadn't invented labor-saving devices for women to liberate them from endless drudgeries of uh, cooking and cleaning and laundry and so on and so they can't really do it by class anymore they can't really do it by gender anymore so now they do it by race right now they they split by race and because different races have different iqs and iq is largely genetic and because iq is strongly predictive of economic success the differences in racial outcomes in a free market are, well, if you normalize by IQ, they vanish. They just, they just vanish. And so 
they have to invent all of this um, evil white racist stuff to cover up basic differences uh, between the races in terms of, of IQ. And so in America, like a truly unprecedented thing has happened. I touched on this recently in the Colin show. Let's go into a bit more detail here. So the American Midwest, like what they call flyover country, the Rust Belt and so on, there's been incredible economic decay. And everyone says, oh, well, you see, it's because all of these manufacturing jobs just mysteriously ended up or, or inevitably ended up in other countries. How can America compete with Mexico? How can America compete with China? And it's like, but it's nonsense. Do you not think that actors are cheaper in Mexico than they are in Hollywood? Do you not think that computer programmers are cheaper in Mexico than they are in Silicon Valley? So how on earth is there still a Hollywood industry in a Silicon Valley industry? If it's cheaper to make movies in Borneo, or wherever, right, in Somalia, then why is the because? You're supposed to have advantages based on education, based on efficiency, based on infrastructure, based on a wide variety of factors that's supposed to allow you to outcompete other people. Do you think that there are actors willing to take less than Julia Roberts is for a movie or Brad Pitt or whoever, right? Of course, I mean, Brad Pitt, what is he, $15 million a movie? Do you think there's no actress in the world who'd be willing to work for less than $15 million to be the lead in a movie? Of course there are. So why does Brad Pitt get paid? Why does he get paid so much? I mean, there's work, there are actors in Mexico, we much cheaper. It's nonsense, right? It's because, well, it's a wide variety of things, but it's increased unionization, drove, drove up costs too much. Uh, it is because um, government education has not kept pace with the information revolution. So there's, I mean, government education has gotten really terrible. Uh, and um, also because there has been uh, this affirmative action and diversity stuff, which means um, non-whites have to get hired. And again, for reasons of the IQ bell curve, which affects women as well as races, this means that you're going to get less competent people on average in charge of things or of working. And this is a huge problem uh, as well. Massive increased taxes, uh, all of the economic dislocations that result from the welfare state, the destruction of families. Also, horribly anti-male family courts have meant that uh, men have less desire to get married, less desire to um, uh, be fathers and so on, which, you know, when do you get your two big jumps in ambition as a man? Number one, when you get married, and number two, when you have children, because when you get married, you may live in a small place, but your wife very quickly will want a bigger place because she wants to have kids in particular. And then when you have kids, if your wife stops working, you get even more ambitious. Without wives and children, what do men do? Well, they they pump and dump. They, you know, troll women, uh, maybe uh, just to, just just for sex. They play a lot of video games. They stay home. They work part time. They blog. They, you know, but they do. They don't go out and build companies. They don't go out and compete in the marketplace. So this sort of flyover country, which turned out to be strong supporters of uh, Trump, because Trump is actually listening to the destroyed, particular white male populations in those regions, and people haven't really figured this out. So like, what was it, last month, 50,000 new manufacturing jobs in America? How is that possible? I mean, remember Obama said, hey, man, those jobs aren't coming back. What is, he gonna, what is Trump going to do, wave a magic wand? Well, I guess for Obama, the leftist, uh, the free market is a kind of magic. Well, it's black magic or an evil magic, I guess, from his perspective. And so how is it possible that these economic jobs are returning when Trump cuts red tape, when Trump uh, uh, aims to lower corporate taxes, when... Uh, how is this possible? Well, because, I mean, it is the government that is driving these jobs overseas. It is not a matter 
of the free market. Do, do people, I mean, it's weird, just people have no intelligence for this stuff. I guess it's all propaganda and so on, but do people not think that labor in the 19th century was cheaper in India? You know, the, the world economy, about 100 years ago, the world economy, we think this internationalism or this um, multi-country corporatism is something new. Of course it's not. I mean, you had a whole British empire where you had a, a significant amounts of free trade. Hell, all the way back to the Roman Empire, you had significant amounts of free trade throughout the empire. And so the idea that this is new internationalism, do people not think that there were cheaper workers somewhere in the world in the 19th century? Yet still America was the economic powerhouse of the Western world uh, in the 19th, late 19th and 20th century. I mean, it's just weird. It's just, well, because people don't want to, I mean, the left want to destroy the free market. They want to destroy the free market and they want to destroy Christians, as they always have throughout history. I mean, just look at the French Revolution. I mean, look at the Russian Revolution. What do they do? They kill the capitalist class and they kill the priestly class. This is as predictable as a very red, bloody sunrise. And so they're coming back because you have a businessman in charge of the economy rather than a community organizer, pseudo professor. I mean, this is ridiculous, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's nonsense. So now what's happening, so there's several decades, the American Midwest, this economic decay. And um, what has this done? Well, people are bored, they're lonely, they're lost, their lives have no purpose. And um, they're not active. You know, when you're unemployed, you're not that active. So it's more likely you're going to injure yourself and then you get prescribed opioids or maybe you're just not taking them because you're depressed and anxious. Uh, and uh, what's happened is there is this opioid crisis in the United States. And finally, finally, somebody, I guess of some prominence, has put two and two together and got the obvious four. Nobel laureate Angus Deaton noticed a staggering increase in white mortality rates for people aged 50 to 54. And uh, put the links to this below. This is a Princeton economist who worked with his wife, Anne Case. Mortality rates were rising for working aged white Americans since 1999. And that really is quite something. They're looking for something. They're trying to figure out why. Why? So people between age 45 to 54, then even more between 50 and 54, there was a decline in mortality, white mortality. And this was astounding. This decline in mortality for about 100 years, right? People living longer, decline in mortality, had stopped and even reversed itself. And that is really quite astonishing. Normally, this only happens during a time of plague or epidemic or war for these death rates to jump, certainly over the past century. And what they then, they looked in a bunch of different places and they found out a lot of these deaths, most of these deaths are tied to what are called deaths of despair, alcohol, suicide, opioids. And this is astonishing. So middle-aged white men, are killing themselves uh, directly through suicide or indirectly through substance abuse. And that is really quite astonishing. And if you look at people, I mean, I know that uh, sort of the indigenous people to, to North America, right, what are called the Indians, that they have a particular susceptibility to alcoholism because they lack the enzymes to eliminate alcohol as efficiently as Europeans from their systems. But if you look at substance abuse among people whose culture is destroyed, or whose environment is, is destroyed, and who are put in these sort of welfare state farms of reservations, uh, it's pretty wretched. And um, the same thing is happening to white middle-aged males in particular. 
and this whole way of life is, is I mean, if you're a white man in, in your 50s, it's funny, you know, because after I was an entrepreneur, I took some time off to write and I put my job applications out there. And I mean, I was really, really great skills. I mean, I was a coder. I ran an R&D department. Uh, I did sales. I did marketing. I, I negotiated contracts. I mean, I had a lot of really, really good business skills and I'd sold to, I don't know, probably 15% of the Fortune 500 companies, maybe 20% of the Fortune 500 companies, systems ranging from, you know, $50,000 to well over a million. And I really was very good in business. And I remember thinking, I wonder why I'm not getting more calls. And it took me a little while to realize that it was because I was a white male and people had their diversity quotas. And Scott Adams has talked about the same thing when he worked at various companies that uh, people just said, no, we're not promoting white males anymore. So you're going to have to go and do do something else. And it is a bitter thing. It is a bitter thing. White males built the West and now white males are excluded from the economic life of the West in many ways. And there has been among sort of white working class males, there's been wage stagnation for probably about half a century now, like 50 years. And if you don't have a university degree, which is itself a proxy for an IQ test, although much more manipulable than an IQ test is, median wages for people without a university degree has actually been going down. And this is pretty horrendous stuff. So this tie-in of the economic destruction of the middle-class uh, white male, combined with the sort of suicide, explicit or implicit suicide death, the rising mortality. It really is astonishing. You know, for black non-Hispanics, mortality is going down. For Hispanics, um, mortality is going down. They're living longer. For white, for all white non-Hispanics, it's creeping up. For white non-Hispanics with high school or less, um, it's going up extraordinarily, extraordinarily, more than 20, 25%. Uh, just um, since the late 90s. Um, if this was any other group, of course, this is the horrendous racism and sexism that white males are experiencing. If it was any other group, if any other, like if, if black women were the only group in society where their mortality was increasing, people would be going insane. But because it's white males, well, it's allowed. Because those who cry racism the most tend to be the most racist. <laughs>